Hello and welcome to the Recursive Podcast. Our next guest is a computer engineer who dropped his PhD to create an online platform to ignite kids in Bulgaria to learn. Darin Majarov created Uchuse a decade ago. His edtech platform offers video lessons and tests for all grades in the public school system in Bulgaria. Over time, Uchuse turned into a tool for teachers to inspire kids to study. Now, more than 60% of the schools in the country have a subscription to your platform. In 2020, Darin created an international version of the platform called EduBoom, and it is available in Romania, Spain, and Italy. Darin Majarov, welcome to the Recursive Podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a while since we uh, last talked to each other on a podcast, quite a, quite a long time ago, but so many things has happened in a positive way towards Uchese and the impact it's having on the Bulgarian education system. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of things have changed. Um, I think we are growing. The team now is uh, more than 300 people. When we met last time, we were in a very strange office. <laughs> Everything was... Uh, very basic and uh, we're growing as a team as an organization as a result as well so i think we're on the right path yeah that we were before the conversation we were talking about how we entered the place where we recorded <laughs> our uh, meeting last time through your conference room through a terrace into a room where no one knows it's there so people are constantly coming to talk to you so you you found a way to have your solitude and work on the videos which you were recording at that time Uh, it's important to be creative, you know. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> Bulgarians are famous with this, that uh, we can be creative in every single situation. Uh, we had a lot of funny uh, situations uh, in, in this uh, apartment there. Uh, for example, we had famous people record, uh, narrate videos for us. And a lot of uh, very famous singers uh, would come to the office <laughs> and would tell them to come to the studio and it was very funny. It was very funny because they, they were really amazed uh, but by what they saw. <laughs> so how did, uh, let's go back uh, a bit, how did an engineer jump into the business of content creation and particularly education? I think I've had this entrepreneur uh, mindset from a younger age. Uh, when I go back I see some situations where I didn't like some things and I wanted to change them. And uh, when I was doing my PhD uh, in Belgium, I saw that my sister needed some help. And uh, she would call me from time to time. I was in Belgium, she, is, uh, she was in Bulgaria. From time to time she would call me and ask me to explain to her some concepts. And I asked myself, okay, how is this possible? Because she uh, always has perfect grades. But some basic things uh, would slip from her mind. And I asked myself, what happens to the other students? that don't have this support. And then I started recording some videos for her and I asked her to show them to, to her classmates. Uh, she, she did that and uh, they started writing me on Facebook. Dude, these videos are amazing. Uh, for the first time I get the concepts here. Please go on with history videos. I'm telling them, come on, wait a second. I, I just, I can do it uh, in maths, in physics, uh, biology, chemistry a little bit, but that's it. And then uh, I saw that they, re they really need uh, this help and I started recording videos and uploading them online. And then I saw that uh, from time to time, people from other cities would come to the website and start watching them. Uh, so I saw that uh, they spread the website from word of mouth. And uh, I recorded around 300 videos myself 
And at that point of time, a lot of people were already in the website. Everything was free. They would come to the website, watch the video, and then go and have perfect grade at school. And uh, they started uh, getting mad at me because <laughs> I couldn't keep, keep up with the tempo. They, they were really mad. Come on, uh, you promised to do this video for seventh grade. You didn't do it. I have a bad grade because of you. <laughs> I'll kick your ass and stuff like this, really. And I saw that they really need such a service. And uh, I decided, well, this is the thing that I want to do. I have always wanted to come to Bulgaria and do something special here. Um, and uh, that was it. Then I decided to quit my PhD and, came, and come back to Bulgaria to, to really do it in the best possible way. It's very interesting that for two years you have been creating free content on Uchise and then um, decided to introduce a subscription model. It was a like, tough decision to make. But as you've mentioned in some interviews before, that otherwise it would, it would have been the death sentence of Uchise. So uh, can you tell me about the, the moment that you realized, okay, we need to go subscription or we need to have a revenue to grow or to create even better content? I knew that this was the only, the only chance. And I realized this the first year uh, since, since the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, we had uh, an investment uh, from investors, but they were constantly asking me, come on, how is this going to make money? And I was telling them, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> the most important thing is really to build the content now and then we'll find a way. And uh, we put the things on the table uh, with donations, uh, projects, uh, some money from European funds, stuff like this. And it was so bullshit. The only thing that would be sustainable long term was uh, really to have a business model in which if the users like the content we, and we deliver value to them, they would be, pay for the service. And then uh, we knew that this, this was the only option and uh, we did it. Uh, we were sincere with the users. Uh, quite earlier, before we launched the paid uh, mm. service, we announced it to them. And uh, most of them, they said, well, okay, let's see what's going to happen. We managed to convert 17% of the free users to paid users, which was a success. Uh, of course, it was, not, uh, it was not very easy emotionally because uh, you know that this is the only long-term sustainable solution and you know that you're going to piss some people off. But uh, in this situation, you have to be tough. And in the long term, uh, people get convinced that this is the right way. Um, so it was uh, an easy solution because it was the only, only one, uh, but it was a little bit tough emotionally. Mm. Um, I expected it to be worse, to be honest. I was prepared for, <laughs> for people really to uh, hate me long term, uh, but it was uh, not that much. Um, people turned out to be practical in these mm. situations. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, here in Southeastern Europe and particularly in Bulgaria, we had this free mindset, which was regarding free software, free music, everything is free. And uh, because I'm, I'm in the same like uh, field of work, creating content. And when I started saying that I'm doing a podcast, for example, people are like, yeah, no one is going to support a podcast or give money for it or anything like this. You were in the same situation, but in a way, the mentality, the culture shifted. People started giving money for things that they really like and um, they were professionally made and they were useful and helpful. So paying became investing in a way. 
Definitely. It's a, it's a cultural mindset. And uh, throughout these 10 years, I think, uh, I'm not sure whether we were the first ones that convinced people to pay for education online. You can check that. But for sure, we have contributed to this path where uh, creators can, can do something valuable and uh, ask for money. This is quite normal, but it's a mindset that takes time. It is, absolutely. You're in the same boat, so we work towards that. Absolutely. And uh, I think that when, when the kids are told that they have this subscription for something useful that helps them get better grades, but not only, just to understand concepts that are quite hard to mm -hmm. uh, be uh, thought in an understandable manner, then they value it and then they can value and look for ways to keep improving further. Um, so you mentioned the negative feedback. How did you and the team like manage it? How was there some kind of, uh, what was the dynamic in the team? Okay, guys, we, we would need to like switch to subscription. Uh, were there any fears or doubts or things that you managed to go through because you were a team? A few weeks before we announced the subscription, we, we got together and we tried to play in our heads uh, what can happen so that we get prepared. We had a, ver a very big list of questions that people might ask us uh, and uh, we, we tried to really see what different situations can be. And we had, uh, we had prepared for everything. I would say nothing surprised us. And, uh, because we, uh, for a few weeks already, we have been playing this in our heads. When, when the moment came, it was very, very normal, quite normal. We, before that, I remember that uh, I was prepared not to sleep for a couple of days because I was expecting really a lot of uh, criticism from people. And I, I said to myself, I have to be awake for a few days so that I can uh, support the su support team that we have and explain the situation to everyone. And we had a few people there. Uh, we were all ready to stay awake for even a week uh, with very little sleep so that we can uh, cope with everything. But nothing amazing happened, and I slept all the days after that. <laughs> it's normal. It's normal. So, yeah. Some people say that luck is when the preparation meets the opportunity. It looks like you, you went into this battle well prepared. Mm -hmm. um, you have said and basically through your actions it seems that your mission really is like to help Bulgaria's education improve and now like 60% of the schools and more in Bulgaria are, have subscriptions to your platform so how do you get into um, this like way of thinking and how do you present the platform as a tool that can help regular schools because, you know, teachers have this ego that they, they know and the students are there to listen. So how do you enter the system in the way that you did? I said to myself in the beginning, uh, what is the, the best way to go about that? What can convince uh, people throughout the whole chain? Because it's a whole chain. Student, parent, teacher, principal, minister, society. And then I said, if we manage to, to convince students and they start loving us then what what is the parent gonna say no we're not gonna use this website if the the, the teacher sees that uh, students learn from a platform and they have better grades and they have uh, 
higher engagement with, with the lessons, what are they going to say? No, I'm not going to use this website or don't use it. Uh, if the minister sees that 60% uh, of the schools have subscription, what is he going to say? No, it's a bad service. Uh, and if the society sees that there are um, 100 million videos watched, delivered lessons, what is the society going to say? So it, it all starts from the students. And I said uh, to myself and the, as, as a team, we said uh, the most important thing is really to start uh, a good relationship with the students. And that's how we concentrate on. Um, in the beginning, a lot of people were giving me advices. You, from the first day, you should go to the minister and tell him uh, this and that. Uh, you should uh, go to every single principal in school and so on and so forth. But for the first year, we concentrate on the student. They started loving us. They saw that we deliver value to them. And from then on, that's, that's what it happened. Parents saw their children learn with interest. Mm. Something that they haven't seen before. Uh, teachers saw that uh, some students that didn't have even hope for them uh, have better grades. And they started asking them what's going on. And then principals saw that after teachers started using the, the videos in the classroom, they saw that something is happening. And that's how uh, the conversation starts. Uh, you targeted the key player of always the education. Dancer, oh, yes, always the answer is focus on um, giving value to the, to the user, to the core user. And then it all starts from there. How would you measure like, what the impact of Uchise has been? On the society, it's difficult because, uh, for example, how do you measure the factor that uh, a parent sees uh, his or her child learn with interest for the first time? With numbers, it's very difficult to see. Um, feedback, feedback. Yeah, the, the numbers are very, very impressive. Hundred million uh, watched videos, um, more than one million and two hundred registered users. Um, and so on and so forth. But I think the stories that, that we receive every day are the ones that matter. They're, they're really hard to, to measure, but little by little, that's how a society changes. When uh, you see a change in the family, for example. And then uh, from then on. In, uh, now in the other countries, for example, in Romania, we see the same story starting all over. Uh, every day we receive uh, letters from schools that want to start using the website. They have discovered it, they have tried something, they want to use it. Uh, we receive emails from uh, parents that uh, are telling us that, uh, that they are amazed by the results that uh, their children get. So that's the impact that I want to see. All right. When the pandemic hit in, back in 2020, you opened the platform for free. And um, what, what did you learn from that experience? Because you were obviously open to share more and more to the students that are were basically suffering the most from this because currently there are people that there used to be kids that have not met their classmates and they're in like third year in school so what did you learn from this experience it was not pleasant for anyone uh, a lot of people think that uh, it was a moment where which boosted our growth and mm -hmm. so on and so forth I don't, I don't see it this way. Even before COVID, uh, we were growing at uh, a very high speed. When COVID came, we opened the website for two weeks. 
before that, we had 800,000 regist registered users. For two weeks, we had 200,000 more. Um, it, was, it was really madness. Uh, but uh, the whole COVID thing uh, with the online learning only um, was not... Uh, it didn't accelerate our growth much more than what we did before. Uh, even I think that at some point of time, after the initial uh, madness, uh, students, they saw that uh, they don't have that much pressure to learn because uh, it was uh, some strange situation in which they, they didn't have uh, that many tests. They didn't have to prepare that much for school. And at some point of time, students started realizing that uh, uh, it's a softer, softer period in which they don't have to prepare that much. And... Uh, they started using the website even less and less, and they started learning for school even less and less. Uh, you, I can clearly see the difference when students go, uh, when, when they have to go to the classrooms the normal way, uh, the traffic Im increases, and when they, go, when they are home. It's, it's counterintuitive, but if you think long term, when students are home with online education only, they start uh, losing pace. Um, they don't have that many they don't have they don't have they don't have the pain for school mm. so what you're saying in like what i understand from it is that school keeps students accountable yes and uh, when they go the normal way they have uh, a much stricter uh, program with uh, a lot of things that they have to do when they are in the classroom otherwise it's a uh, more or less let's finish this thing and then um when school comes to the normal way, we'll continue. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, yeah. people didn't uh, do their best. Of course, they did their best, but uh, it's not the optimal way, and everyone sees that. Yeah. So one another thing that came out of COVID was this call that you get from Romania, that they were absolutely not prepared or not as good as Uchase was prepared for this situation. So did this, in a way, happen because of, like... I like to consider it when you give something, the universe gives you back. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you think there is a connection between like giving to the students and then universe saying, okay, uh, would you say, here you go, another opportunity for you? Maybe, maybe uh, it was this way. Uh, that, that's how I, I, see, it. I see it. I, I, I We try to give as much value as possible and then the opportunities come. When you're open-minded, you see them. When you are not open-minded, mm -hmm. you don't see them. Uh, in this situation, uh, I received a call from uh, one of the top CEOs in Romania and he started asking me what are we going to do in Bulgaria during this COVID situation. And I said, well, more or less, it's a normal situation. People have been using even before websites like Uchose and similar ones. And uh, yeah, it's a bit stressful, but teachers are going to do their best and uh, on Monday they're going to start uh, and he cut me off. <laughs> Stop, stop it. In Romania, we don't have anything here. Uh, uh, come on, let's do it in Romania. Then I couldn't believe it. Uh, in, a few, in a few days, uh, we talked with our team and we did the research in Romania and we couldn't find almost anything. Then we started looking into other countries. And somewhere we found some things. In other countries, we couldn't find almost anything. And... Uh, and then we saw that, uh, well, yeah, in Bulgaria, as I described it, it was uh, not the most successful thing. 
But in other countries, it was a disaster. Uh, for example, in some countries, they, they didn't have online education as a uh, substitute. They had vacations because simply they couldn't adapt. And this was the second year, not the first one. So the Bulgaria turned out to be one of the leaders with this online education in Europe. And I could say that we are in top three, top five of, of Europe. I see this because uh, in a lot of countries they didn't have almost anything. And uh, very often we received emails from, from outside of people who are uh, asking for advice from us. From other countries, they are trying to copy some things uh, from Bulgaria. This is not something that we are used to, but that's what it happened. So you, you started the conversation about being adaptable, and like it seems that uh, here we are um, being in a situation where adaptation is of vital importance and some preparation, of course, and having the tools in place. But um, yeah, it's, it seems a very, very good uh, team like combination being adaptable and having uh, having some preparation not the perfect one of course no one was prepared for the the black swan um, but what about the cultural differences um, did you take into account like the difference between Bulgaria and Romania and of course Italy and Spain which are like southern countries but yet so different from us one of the the, the criteria that we were um, using to select the countries that we want to expand were the following. First, uh, not too, too much competition. In these countries, they didn't have almost anything. Mm. Um, bigger markets. And the third one was uh, similar culture. We also were looking in other countries. For example, Romania is very, Romanian people are very close to Bulgarian ones. Uh, Italian, Spanish, they're not that, that different. In Turkey, they are much more different from us. Um, China, very different. Finland, much more different. So we have the feeling that we know uh, Romanians, uh, Spanish people, and Italians uh, in a much better way. They are similar to us. And it's very important when you have to explain something, uh, when you have to create a brand and uh, tell the story to, to the people, that you have to know them very well. One of the things that um, stick into my mind while reading and preparing myself for the interview was the fact that you didn't basically uh, create subtitles or narrate the videos with different languages. You created them from scratch, more or less, based on the educational system in the country. So how was this possible? Even without the extra capital that you didn't mm -hmm. get anything like after the initial investment that you got? Yeah, we're financing everything from uh, our profits. Mm. Well, it's again simple. Do you really want to, to deliver value or you just want to um, create headlines? We want to deliver value. And uh, how do you deliver value? The Romanian student has to go home from school, tired, and they have to open the website and they have to really see the exact things that, they, uh, that uh, she, he or she needs for school. If they see a video uh, in Bulgarian with subtitles, uh, which is not matched to the official school curriculum in Romania, it's not going to do the, the job. Uh, we want students to really get 100% value. That is, is, that's, that's why we follow the official school curriculum in uh, Romania, in Spain and Italy. And we create the videos from scratch. We, we use some things, but very little things. Uh, and... Uh, the school curricula are very similar, but even 20% difference 
makes us do the videos from scratch because we want to do them in the best possible way. We see this, this as a marathon. We're not rushing to create the videos for one year and uh, then uh, be the kings of the world. We want to, to really do it, if it's needed, slower, but with very good quality. Awesome. Um, getting, getting you back on the expansion without raising additional capital, uh, having such amazing numbers like 1 million plus users, it seems that it won't be very hard to like, ask for additional capital to expand. Why did you decide to go with this strategy to use your, the funds that you already generated and not look for? It's again simple. <laughs> we have money in the bank. <laughs> What shall we do with it? Invest it back. Yeah, invest it back. That's the, smart thi- the smartest thing. Uh, from time to time, we release dividends, but uh, we cannot get all of it. What are we going to do with it? It's very simple, you know. <laughs> we bought an office uh, in Varna, uh, and then uh, we want to expand the business. That, that's, that's the simple story. Uh, we have a lot of offers for, um, from very high-ranking investors that want to come in, but I'm telling them, We don't need the money. What are we going to do with it? Uh, later, if we, if we really need it and if we decide to expand not to three, to 10 countries, then we are going to need uh, um, money from outside and then it's a conversation. But uh, currently we're fine with this. Mm. One thing that really um, stands out when you're talking is the value that you place in it, like the, the simplest unit in the education, which is the student. Like every, even, even now talking about venture and capital, You don't actually care about it. it. You just have the money in the bank and you care about valuable content for the student. And um, have you had, like, because you started in, at the time that you started, probably some of the students now are entrepreneurs or doing something, uh, like with their lives, getting, getting in professional direction. Have you had any feedback from someone that you helped through Uchase to uh, get through high school and get, get on a career path? A lot of people. Uh, yesterday, I met uh, one of my colleagues in, in the office. We are many people, and mm-hmm. uh, I meet every day different people <laughs> in the office. And uh, this girl told me, uh, we met in the kitchen, and she told me, she almost dropped her knife, and she said, I've watched you on, only on TV and I've watched hundreds of your videos because I was at high school, then I graduated and it was all my dream to come and work uh, with you. And then it's true and I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, a lot of people. Yeah, lot, some of them of are things. joining the mission. Yeah, a lot of people uh, became doctors. Uh, for example, lot of, we have tens of stories which uh, sound in, the, in, in this way. Some people graduated from high school and they... Uh, They couldn't cope with the, with the exams to become a doctor, to become admitted uh, to a university. And then uh, they, they found our website. We have specialized courses um, for this. They managed to have almost perfect grades. They graduated after that. And then now they're working this. It's amazing. And I can imagine that in a few years I can go to a doctor's room and, <laughs> I, and I would meet a person Uh, whom Uchase has helped before. That's amazing. Yeah, and now you're expanding into other markets too. Yes. So uh, keeping my fingers crossed for like 
even like bigger successes in these larger countries and then changing the world for the better. Um, what do you think are the biggest costs when it comes to going into a new market, launching a product in a new market? For us, it's going to be marketing because uh, um, in Bulgaria here, we could rely a lot on, uh, on my story and on my personal engagement, interviews and so on and so forth. Until now, 10 years, maybe we have done 200, 300 interviews, uh, all of them free. I don't remember a single time where we have paid for an article online or an interview or uh, appears on TV, TV spot or so on and so forth. In uh, abroad, you don't have that. <laughs> and you have to pay for all this. And uh, that's going to be the most, uh, I think, challenging thing for us. Because in terms of content, we know how to build it very, uh, in a very professional way. Uh, it costs a lot, but um, I think marketing is going to be much more. Awesome. Um, prior to pandemic times, you had an idea of building a physical school. Why did you decide to go from the digital where everyone is heading to, back to the um, physical environment where people go to study like where kids go to study first there is an amazing shortage of uh, good schools in bulgaria and i think all over the world and second uh, i think the future of, of education is not only uh, online not only physical it's a combination of both and uh, we feel that if we create a school or many schools we can really combine the best parts of of, of it all and third reason All my friends are asking me, come on, please do a school. I want to send my, my, uh, my children there so that you take care of them, take care of them. What's the status on this? We put it on pause because COVID came and we said now is the chance really to, um, to start expanding after this story with the Romanian, uh, Romanian call. Um, then uh, we said now is the chance. Uh, school can wait a couple of years, but uh, there's no waiting time for expanding. Now is the time. I know you're very keen on sports. How do you see the sports in the activity of the, of the school, in the future, which is a school, for example? One of the most important things. Uh, I think uh, I can hardly imagine of something that can prepare a person for life better than sports, whatever, the, whatever it is, football, uh, basketball, or something else. Uh, there you, you learn discipline, there you learn... Mm, team skills there, you learn everything that you need for life after that. And now when we're doing business, I see that everything that I have learned before from sports, it's all the same here um, in, the, in the business. The same rules apply. So I think uh, this physical activity at school lacks uh, a lot. Mm. And it, it seems that like you value... Uh, value sports, of course. Are there other values that you adhere to? Are there things that are important to you and there are no compromises with them? For me personally? Yeah, as a leader of an organization like Uchese, for you personally as the, you know, the face of the organization mm -hmm. and your story is the face of the organization. Yeah, we have values. So we, we, we have values there. are uh, You don't change these values. That, that's, uh, that's from the beginning of the organization. The, the first and most important thing is uh, we really want to see people uh, in the office that, are, that see this as their mission. Uh, 
education and helping others to be something that you value so much. If you don't have this, it's really hard to work 20 years in education. Uh, and we see this as a marathon. We see this as our lives, actually. Uh, that's what we, we try to see in people that we, that we get on board. Second thing is uh, people to be proactive. It's very important because, uh, especially now we are, we are, when we are 300, um, it's an enormous organization. And uh, I see maybe 20% of the things that happen uh, in, the, in the company, of the problems as well. And if people are not proactive, uh, these problems will not get solved. Uh, so you really uh, want to get on board people that proactively would find and solve problems. Third thing is discipline uh, in terms of uh, no, uh, to build something amazing, you have to do it for many years and a lot of the days are similar. Uh, we have this uh, amazing story that uh, in the lives of entrepreneurs, every day is different. Uh, you get up, you, the sun is shining every day, everything is amazing. Most of the days are similar and you have to really have the persistence and discipline to execute, execute, execute. Now, the things that happen around us, uh, most of the things are not amazing ideas. They are ideas, good ideas, but they need amazing execution. And for example, now when we go abroad, the idea is the same. It's not something revolutionary, right? But we have to execute it in the most perfect possible way. Otherwise, mm, it's not going to be worth it. And now everyone can get this idea and copy us abroad, and in Bulgaria even. But it's the perfect execution and the discipline to do it for 10, 20, 30 years that makes a difference. And I think that there are not many people that can really concentrate on one certain project, idea, whatever, for many, 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 many years. But that's how great things happen. It's history that tells us that. Mm. How do you filter like missions by words and by actions? I mean, how do you see the spark of like changing the education for the better, changing the future, giving to others? How do you see it in, 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 in the people that you, that you hire? I'm not sure I got, I got you. Yeah, it's, it's like, how do, you, how do you find it? Um, how do you identify that this person has uh -huh. it? Well, we, it's, again, very easy. You feel it the first second that you, that you meet this person. Uh, this cannot be played out. Uh, even the best actor cannot uh, really lie to us uh, now because when... The, the person with passion comes in the room, the energy is amazing and you, and, and you feel it. There are people that uh, applied for um, some jobs three, four, five times and they got rejected. And on the sixth time, um, they managed to get, to get the job and they are telling us, I was amazed by this. There, there's one girl that um, applied four times uh, throughout the years. She didn't apply anywhere else. She wanted this job, and every time we rejected her, I'm not sure why, <laughs> but that's how it turned out. And on the fifth time, uh, it worked out. And uh, once she told me that story, and it, it's amazing. Most of the people that, uh, that we have on board are such kind of people. They are so passionate about this that they're ready to fight for it long term. Awesome.
Yeah, the marathon is a perfect metaphor for it because it's going to suck at some point and you need to keep going. It, it sucks a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, it does, it does. Um, yeah, there's a, a amazing story of uh, a Fram, the Norwegian ship that made it with the first people who went to the South Pole and how important it was for the people to have this same mission and like the vision to go together. And... Um, they managed to go there and be the first ones to to conquer the the South Pole. So that's that's great values to be looking for the mission and the energy in the people. Um, how did your role evolve through these ten years? I mean, you started it during your um, student times, PhD times in Leuven, in in Belgium, in Germany. You started doing these videos on your computer without any uh, additional like. Fancy mic, and now what? What are you? What are you at the moment as a role and or part of the organization? It evolved in a very interesting way, and uh, from in the beginning, I recorded videos. I have recorded more than a thousand videos in total, maybe more, maybe close to two thousand throughout the years. In the beginning, I was concentrating only on videos, and then after that, I started uh, a Facebook page. <laughs> uploaded some uh, photos there, uh, the first steps of marketing. Then my role evolved into um, finding investors. Then into teaching the first other people how to record videos. At some point of time, I stopped recording videos and I was overseeing the people that really uh, recorded. Then my role evolved into building the team. At some point of time, we got like... 15, 20 people. And then uh, my role had to change from a very hands-on person to building the organization. Then uh, um, after that, uh, at, some po- at some point of time, I really concentrated only on the leaders of the, of the team. And now my, my obligation is mainly for the next phases of the product that we that we deliver, and marketing and team culture. These three things, product, marketing, and uh, team culture. Um, I don't know if someone ever like asked this question, but how do you learn? Because you know, in Bulgaria, learn is like uches. Mm-hmm. So how do you learn? How do you learn new things for that are necessary for your position? From people that I admire. Um, I think the most important thing is really to be in a circle, with amazing people. And uh, when you are with such people, it's inevitable that you grow. It's simply inevitable. Even if you have a bad day, uh, some one of those people, uh, your friends, they're going to call you and uh, you'll go out to a coffee with them and you would learn something new. Uh, so when you are with circle with uh, amazing people, you learn every day. It's inevitable. It's, uh, um, they share uh, articles to you every day. Now on my phone, I have 10 th- things that I want to read now after the interview, because some friends already did that to me. Uh, they would email to you something important. After that, in the evening, we would go to a dinner. Uh, we would share some stories from the, from the day. Uh, you learn from their experience. Uh, then we'll go to a vacation, with, again with these people. Uh, we would have fun, but from time to time, they would drop a diamond that you, that you catch, and uh, you see how you can incorporate this into your vision. Um, on the contrary, if you are not in the right circle, 
what happens. Now, for example, after after interview, someone would call me to go and drink. Like I can get drunk in in the afternoon. Mm. Uh, after that, I would not be not be in good shape. Um, after that, uh, they would ask me to do something else. They would uh, tell me, "Come on, don't work that that hard. Uh, you're rich already. What do you want? Money is bad, and so on and so forth." And uh, I saw that, uh, and I uh, have really um, paid attention to to my circle and. Uh, selected it selected it it's not uh, it's hard work to really to create a circle with such amazing people and i think that if there's one advice that people should uh, put into their lives is to really create this circle of people around them it's not given everyone can look around uh, their circle now and they would see 20 30 40 people you select these people and if you don't like someone or uh, you constantly hate someone or someone is influencing you in a bad way, just replace him or go somewhere else. And uh, when, w- when you are in the boat with the right people, then the wind is very much helping you all the time. Awesome. I admire the environment as a perfect soil for mm. both becoming a inspiring person and leader and uh, demolishing your your own success so thank you for sharing it um how do you manage to grow the next generation of leaders in your organization is is there a, like a system that you do like in how do you find the right people to get into this like next generation of management I see someone with uh, the right energy, right approach. Uh, this is a person that is re- really burning to, to lear- learn new things, to work hard. This is the first thing. Then I check whether uh, education is their mission, lifetime mission. And then I'm close to them for a very long time because they need me in the beginning. And little by little, I just start disappearing, little by little. It might It might take a few months. It might take one, two, three years. Uh, no matter how how long it takes, uh, but I have to be close to that person, um, help them so that they grow. That's what I do, and that's how we have developed uh, quite a few very good leaders that have grown from inside the organization, or also people from outside. I think this is the recipe. And how do you raise the leaders from inside the organization, or you look for them? outside of it or you have no restrictions whatsoever we have both both uh, occasions but, but from what i see from inside from inside of the organization we have uh, much more success with that because these are people that have proven themselves as hard workers as uh, uh, people who value the mission and then you have to be close to them they have to have this leadership potential you know when when the leader comes in the room you know that uh you believe in the power of the charismatic leader um, who can make people follow them. And uh, how do you become, how did you become one yourself? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> when you're passionate about something, uh, and uh, when you're passionate about something, whatever it is, music, uh, business, sports, whatever, you can think of many examples. People, people see this from very, very long distance and they get inspired when they see such people. Uh, I, I'm so passionate about what I do is that uh, be, maybe the, 
the devotion that I have for this and the way that I share this uh, sparks uh, some interest in other people. And uh, this is the first important thing. And then the next important thing is really to to not concentrate on yourself. Uh, on yourself, uh, for example, from very early on, I saw that I'm not I'm not important. I'm not the important one. I'm not important one. Even when I talk to someone, I really concentrate on the other person's needs, uh, interests, and I don't care how I look at the moment. Whether this person would like me, I'm trying to help them in the best possible way. I think these are the, the two most important things that the leader should have. Do you ever lose motivation or stamina? And how do you deal with such cases? Mm. No, <laughs> I don't lose motivation. Uh, I've never asked myself uh, if this is the right thing. I've never asked myself, uh, mm, never doubted myself whether this is something. Um, important that I do. Uh, yeah, you have some bad days in which you are not in the best possible shape, but you recognize that and uh, you're saying to yourself, I'm going to do the best thing that I can today. I'm going to take a rest and mm -hmm. tomorrow um, I'm going to have a better day. Again, it's a marathon. If you are with the mindset that it's a sprint and if I cannot deliver today, then it's the end of the world. It's a lot of pressure and it would crush you. I think that's why a lot of people um, in leadership positions, uh, they, they simply get crushed by, um, by their work because they see it as a sprint, not as, uh, as a marathon. I do a lot of sports throughout the day. Uh, I go to singing lessons. I try to, do, to develop myself as a person as well uh, so that I can uh, even be better at my job. And... Uh, To be honest, I'm having quite a, a good life. Uh, it's not scary at all and uh, have enough energy motivation for many more years. Mm. I hope I'll be healthy and in good shape for a long time. Yeah. Is there any particular way that you take care of yourself to stay in good shape? Because you already mentioned rest. Mm -hmm. For me, rest and physical activity are very, very important. Yes. Um, I have uh, trainings three times a week with a trainer, personal trainer, and these are fixed times. No matter what happens, I go, to, I, I finish, I, I stop everything, and I go to the training. And when I'm there, I'm in another world. I don't, I cannot think about work because uh, it's physical activity. It's you have to be devoted there. Um, after that, I go back, go, go back to my uh, work activities. When I have singing lessons, you cannot think about work. So you simply book into your calendar things that would uh, take you out and put you somewhere else and uh, you would not be able to think about it, about work or whatever it is for some time. And after that, I, I, I'm very refreshed. On the weekends, uh, I try to party a lot with some friends. Um, we, we travel a lot. Uh, again, I'm in another world. And that's how when I... Um, when I work, I'm so focused, I enjoy it, I'm not overworked, and I have a lot of energy. I know that you're uh, playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. How did you learn to play the guitar and why? Mm -hmm. My parents uh, are around 60 years old, and uh, they have, uh, they're from another generation. And I started looking at how they have fun. And uh, they gather, they 
uh, talk to each other, they listen to music, they dance, they sing, they play different instruments, um, they travel in nature. And when I compare this to the modern way that we, that we have fun, uh, go to discos and stuff like this, I said these are incomparable, in my opinion. And I saw that they're having much more fun than we are having. <laughs> and uh, one of the most important things uh, that I saw is that they're having much uh, fun with, with music. And then I said to myself, okay, is it that hard to learn playing the guitar? Um, a lot of people have had told me before that uh, I'm not talented, and I, I knew this, but let's see. Uh, I bought a guitar, I played some uh, YouTube videos, <laughs> I went to a few lessons with a personal teacher, and I saw that it's not that difficult. I, in a few weeks, I could play one of my songs. And then I said to myself, okay, is it that difficult to learn to sing? Obviously, now I cannot sing very well. I record myself. It doesn't sound that good. And then um, I picked a personal trainer, went there, and for a few years I've been practicing already. And uh, it's an amazing progress. Again, I'm not an uh, um, uh, Elvis Presley-style singer, and I don't have aspirations to do amazing concerts, but I want to have fun. And uh, I have to develop these skills so that uh, we can gather with our friends and uh, really enjoy it. And uh, I can tell you, since I started uh, developing, developing these music skills, uh, my life is much, much, much better in terms of having fun. What about in terms of work? Does it help you to look your the problems and situations from a different angle? We were having uh, quite a lot of debates whether we should have an app. Because until then, we had only the website, which was responsive. And from mobile, you, you can open your browser and open it from there. And we were all the time against this app because it's another thing. You have to support it. Why do we, have to, why, why do we need an app? Um, when I started practicing the guitar, I noticed that uh, if the guitar is lying on my, on my bed and... I have easy access to it. When I go around the bed and I see it, I would sit uh, at, on the bed and start playing it. If it's somewhere else, uh, for example, where I don't see it, um, then I play much less the guitar. And then when we open the discuss discussions again about the app, uh, then I said to myself, the, if we don't have an app, the guitar is not on the bed. Students do not see it on, the, on, their, on their screen. And uh, yeah, it's uh, one second more of an effort to open the browser and to, to go there, but it's different. And I saw it uh, when you have to build a long-lasting habit, everything has to be very easy and frictionless. And uh, we did this app to make everything very, very frictionless. Uh, I'm not saying that this was the only argument that we used and uh, mm. it's that simple, but these small things from your personal life uh, help you really see other things from a different pr perspective. Uh, that's spectacular. Yeah, love this. Um, I really try to do it in my life too, to make easy access to everything that's important to me. Yeah. So what I, this is how I pick my gym, this is how I pick whatever I do, mm. easiest possible way. And people are like, how are you so persistent? Because I make everything that I do easy. Exactly. So thank you for sharing it. Um, there is a one final question that I would like to ask you today, uh, Darin. Um, 
what would you like to be remembered for? Hmm. Hmm. The person that had really happy life. Um, it's, it seems to me that uh, a lot of people have very very rich uh, life with a lot of things uh, happening around them but they're not that happy and uh, it's quite an effort really to construct your life in such a way that you enjoy it uh, for example now i can construct my life in such a way that really it's only work and uh, in the end of my life um, sitting or lying on a dead bed what are you going to say to yourself you only worked okay you delivered 10 percent more but you didn't quite enjoy it i want to enjoy my life and uh, really even to be an example for others that you can really uh, have the, the job of your life, the, the circle with friends of your, of your, of your dreams, uh, really to, to have fun, to, to go to parties, to travel a lot, to have very, uh, very good family, to have amazing relationships with, uh, with parents. I try to, um, to be good in all these things. They're, they're the ones that are very important to me. And every night when I go to bed, uh, I have a checklist in which I tick whether I contributed to, to these things uh, in the day. And these are the followings. Um, did I deliver at work? Yes or no? Um, was there a lot of laughing throughout the day? Again, a tick. Uh, how were my relationships with, with my wife? wife, with my wife? Uh, did I do something for, for my body? Did I do something for my uh, mind? And did I have sex? <laughs> it's important, isn't it? It is the important. Yes. So you're now, now you can, uh, you, you can check the laughing part. So. Yes, that's it. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's, uh, it, it is very funny because... I still haven't had sex, but there's still a lot of time. There is, yeah. The end of the day. So hopefully... Um, yeah, it is. It is. It's like early afternoon. So <laughs> we started the day with this particular uh, sexual joke here in the morning. So it um, it comes what comes around, what goes around comes around. So here you are uh, at the end of our last conversation for the day, uh, delivering this. Yeah, it is. It is important for the for, for everyone, uh, for happier couples and, and lives. Um, so, Darin, thank you very much for being with uh, with us today. Thank you for being on the Recursive Podcast. Thank you very much, Azar. And uh, I wish you and your mission uh, global, not only European, but global success. And thank you for making sure that the kids and our future is uh, growing up in, the better, in a better educational way. Thank you very much for the support. I really feel it. And uh, I really feel it, really. Uh, the support of the people around me. And uh, it gives energy. In the difficult times, it really gives a lot of energy. And uh, we'll do our best, really, to, to make a Bulgarian educational product uh, as one of the best ones all over the world. And I would like to thank you and the team as well for spreading this information to other people because now maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 people would watch it, or 100, uh, no matter how many, maybe one, two of them would start something, and maybe one of them would create something successful. That's how uh, successful stories are are born and done. Uh, I've also watched many, many videos and learned from, uh, from much more successful people than me and 
do it all day and see how valuable it is. So thank you. In the next episode of the Recursive Podcast, we welcome serial entrepreneur and angel investor Steffi Vasiliopoulou. Up until recently, four months ago, I wanted to find a way to, to give back and, and support these young mm-hmm. entrepreneurs or young women that want to launch a business. And this is why I, was, I, I, I am a mentor, this is why I'm an angel investor, this is why I'm doing the podcast. So creating this network with um, Stella Samarzi, my co-founder, mm-hmm. was exactly that. It was a solution to this problem. We saw that there was no uh, professional network in Greece that could provide uh, tools, knowledge, and in the community for women in Greece. And if you are just as passionate about innovation as we are, hit subscribe for the Recursive Podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We're everywhere.